when you're down and trouble and you need some love and care and nothing well nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson started the show in 2002. Since then, he's recorded over 1,100 shows featuring over 400 different guests, a literal who's who in bowling. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kago Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kago Company. So, go to kago.net. Well, Phantom fans, this week we have yet another very special guest to talk to as we continue to interview who's who in the world of bowling in each and every area of our great sport. And this week's guest has been on our show several times. He's had a very interesting past. He worked 20 years in major market radio in Cleveland, Ohio. He's owned the business for 35 years. He was also the PBA Central Region Manager at one time. He still bowls PBA events. He says he's bowled over 220 of them so far. And he's been a veteran of 20 years. And now he's a senior bowler. He's out there having fun with his old buddies. And he also writes books in his retirement. He's a busy, busy man. So we're going to get him out here and find out some more. So welcome back, Gary Z-Man Zewinski. How you doing, Pards? Well, I'm doing great, Phantom. It's great to be on your show again. I always have a blast when we're together. <laughs> well, I'd like to have you on a little bit more often, but you're too busy writing books, you know. Unbelievable. You send me one now and then, and I don't have time to read them until I get the next one. But I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us again on Phantom Radio. And you've been through all this before, and you know that I always have a lot to talk with you about, so... Are you ready for this again? I was born ready, Phantom. You know me. There's a microphone. I'm, I'm good to go. So uh, let's fire it off. <laughs> All right, Farns. Well, the first thing that's most important to me is how's your health? Uh, well, I made it through COVID. Uh, I've got my shots and everything. Uh, we dodged that bullet. And um, generally speaking, for a... Uh, uh, super senior on the the tour. I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm doing pretty good as long as I can still type on a a computer and throw a bowling ball. Life is good. Yeah, you know uh, we were talking a little bit about it before the show started about how time flies and every once in a while unexpectedly you lose a friend and you look back and it's been so many years since this fellow died or how many more years that that one died and the time just goes flying by. And, you know, that, that's what I've made it a habit to do ever since Dick Weber passed away. Uh, I tell all my friends I love you, man, at the end, because you never know when you're going to talk to him again. 
Exactly, and you you do never know. And uh, you know, I, I've I've lived that with uh, losing Tony Reyes, my my old travel partner Dave Diantremont, and the list goes on and on. I mean, there's there's so many guys we've lost in the sport of bowling, and uh, you, you just never know. So it's good to tell tell everybody you love them when you talk to them. Well, I certainly do. You know, Pards, um, there's so much to talk to you about, like I mentioned. But first of all, to our listeners, I want to tell you to get your pens and paper ready for some important information that you're going to need to write about as we go on with today's show. So my first question to Z-Man is, I know you've written a ton of books. So tell me, I might have lost track of a couple. How many have you written by now? Well, I am right now, literally, as you called, I'm in the middle of Chapter 17 of Book Number 39. <laughs> I have written uh, two autobiographies. We've got six little children's books. And for the guys out there, perfect gifts for their mom, their wife, their girlfriend, uh, little sister, whatever, I've written 31 romance novels. Unbelievable. You know, I was thinking the other day, actually, I was thinking about it a few months ago when you sent me the last book. You know, one of my favorite shows is Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. He he was the co-writer with Seinfeld in that Seinfeld show. And, and he claims that he was involved in everything that his episodes are about. Um, do you insert yourself or at least hide yourself in any of your books? Well, initially, a lot of my books were um, radio-based because of my background. Yeah. Um, and and they were almost. Some people said autobiographical, and they were a little bit, because I, I you know you write about what you know. And then as time went on, I, I kind of wavered away from that because as I wrote more books, I didn't want to have them all be the same base. But um, I reach out and and grab things that happen around me, uh, people we know. Um, uh, one of the hardest things for me is names and. and a lot of times I'll, I'll we know some waitresses and I'll 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 ask them can I grab your name can I use your name in my book and and we use things like that and yeah there's there's a lot of of personal experience that goes into the books um, I use that as as a basis but yet I then take that and and make it grow and make the story revolve around that. Okay, well I've been making some notes as you've been talking. And I got a great big question mark in my head here. You know, <laughs> I know I'm not very experienced in the writing field, but it says here you've written two autobiographies. Does that mean you've lived two lives? Uh, no, I wrote one early on, right when I left radio back in uh, 2000. And the second one was when I retired from my company, my screen printing embroidery company I sold after 35 years. Um, it's called What Now? Retirement Not As Advertised. The, the day after I walked out of there, I, I, and I was a workaholic, I was lost. I had not planned for retirement. So I sat down and started writing my feelings, and that turned into a book. It started out as a, a lot of bowling, but it, it turned into a, a book about uh, being plan, planning for your retirement so that, you know, and I, a lot of my friends that are my age, uh, and I just turned 64, a lot of my friends have read it and said, you know, I never thought about planning ahead to have something to do after I retire. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where that went. It's 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 almost like an extension of the first autobiography. I love it. You know, I've read a few of them. I I got to admit, I haven't read all 39 of them. Actually, 38. But uh, are most of them mysteries, or 
how would you categorize the the majority of your books? Oh, they're all romance novels. They are they are Hallmark movie type romance novels. My granddaughter jokes with me. She says, "Grandpa, you should have written under the name Geraldine, not under the name Gary." Because she says, I didn't know that you knew anything about all that romance stuff. And I says, well, I didn't either. It just it just happens as I write. It started out the very first book. I had a, a character, and after four chapters, he was a young guy in his 20s. I thought, well, he better have a girlfriend. Well, the next thing I know, the story kind of went that direction, you know, and, and it's that's just where it's gone from there. So they're all fiction is what you're telling us. Oh, yes. Everything is fiction except for the autobiographies. Okay, well, I'm looking over your list here, and you've got everything in here probably except a cookbook. Have you ever thought of that? Um, you know what? It's, yeah, that actually has crossed my mind. I grew up, my mom and I, when I was young, we had a restaurant. And I've, I've got a few few dishes that I've created over the years. I'm, I love to cook. Uh, my wife is not the cook in the family. I love to be in the kitchen and, and create stuff and throw in a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And the trouble is the next time I want to make it, I don't remember how much of this and that I threw in. But So it always keeps it interesting. But, you know, I, I would I'd be open to writing almost any kind of book. I was just thinking, you know, you've got some for the kids. you got the autobiographies. you got stuff about your business. Uh, nothing for the women in there. Maybe you ought to come up with a cookbook of some kind. Well, let me tell you, Phantom, these romance novels are all about the girls. <laughs> these are these are those kind of those those romance books that the girls curl up on a couch with a glass of wine and, and read. Ah. <laughs> so are are you a favorite of surprise endings or do they all come out where everybody lives happily ever after? Well, it, they're they're all um they're all very positive books. They're G rated. They're all very positive books. They all have a, a, a good ending some have a surprise ending but it's still a good ending but i yeah. try and make it you know there's enough garbage in the world let's face it every time you turn around we're reading about all kinds of stuff in the news we don't need that so i write happy um romantic fun books that that end on a good note well you know that's awesome i, I really respect that because you know a lot of people want me to have like a a, a jock show on here right I listen to all the complaints and tell everybody's complaints and all that kind of stuff. But, but uh, you know, there's so much garbage going on on the concourse of every bowling alley tonight. Who else wants to hear it listen to a radio show? So if you want to hear right. a bunch of that's garbage, right. it, go down there and listen to the league bowlers. Yeah, that's, you know, it's just not worth it. And I just, um, you know, I've had kind of a, a long life, and I've I've seen enough of the bad stuff. So I I've written 31 happy stories. I know the ones I've read. I love them. In fact, I gave them to my son, and he's become really a serious reader. And he never read a book in high school. I know that for a fact. But he's loving <laughs> he's loving them. So <laughs> let me ask you this: uh, I know you have a website, but let's pass it along to our listeners so they can check out your books. I'm sure they're all on that website, right? Well, we've got 21 of them on there. There are still 12 of the 30, uh, 38 that are in editing, and they're, they're, they'll come out probably one a month as we go along. Um, if somebody wants to check it out, it's, uh, it's a long uh, email address or um, website. Uh, it's called ZManAlmostFamous.com, just the letter ZManAlmostFamous.com. 
And if somebody wants to get a hold of me, uh, it's zmanimalsfamous at gmail.com. <laughs> I love that title, man, because you've had that forever, and you haven't left it out yet. You, you, you stay with it. That was, that's awesome. <laughs> I got so, I got pinned with the Z-Man thing in eighth grade when I had a teacher, and, and with, with my last name, Bing Swazinski, he went down the line, Wilson, Williams, and there was a long pause, and all he said was Z. And I became Z-Man in, in the eighth grade, and I've been Z-Man for the last 50-some years. I know. When I first met you, I remember, you know, I says, well, can you spell all that? You said, oh, you got to worry about a Z-Man. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool. I found that I was yeah. like the 400th person that knew your nickname was Z-Man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, out on tour, most of the guys don't know my last name other than when it's on my shirt on the back. Exactly. The guys, when I was regional, when I was regional manager, nobody called. They just called me Z-Man. I know that. Well, they called. Uh, they probably called me some other things when I gave them a fine slip or something. But generally speaking, they called me Z-Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, as I said, we were talking a little bit before the show, and uh, uh, we missed some of our old friends. But you know, we were actually we had a, a mutual friend, Dan Ottman, who I know you loved and idolized him, and. He felt the same way about you. He's been gone for a long, long time, and you know I still miss him. I've still got his picture here on my front, on my desk, right by my computer. And so, you know, I used to have Dan on the show, and you know I got to ask you, uh, between you and him, I bet you could tell us a great story, right? You got one? Well, uh, there's one or two. Um, most of them I can't tell you on the air, but uh, <laughs> there, there, are, there are several. Um, I, I know that I, I, um, I was bowling once in, uh, in the world championship and it was a very expensive lesson I learned because uh, entry fee for, it was an, uh, a major and the entry fee was like 500 bucks. And um, I had bowled a game and a half and something popped in my arm. And uh, I kept trying to bowl and, and Norm Duke and, and Jason Couch and those guys came over and said, you need to stop. This doesn't look good. You need to stop. So I said, I'll throw one more, and I threw the ball backwards. And I had to withdraw, and I thought, I'm going to finish last. And I never wanted – that was my goal, never to finish last. And I walked through the curtain to the locker room, and there sat another player about the color of grass. He was green as could be. And I said, what's wrong with you? And he says, oh, I just withdrew 10 minutes ago. I'm sick as a dog. And I did a fist pump with my good arm, <laughs> and he went, what? And I said, oh, oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then he stuck my arm in a, in a plastic sleeve and filled it with ice, and I learned that when that happens in game two, that means you just paid $250 a game to bowl two games. Yeah, yeah. And that was my most expensive bowling lesson. Luckily, I was able to bowl again two weeks later. Uh, it was just a, a, like a, almost like a sprain, but – uh, yeah, that was that was, and I, I still feel bad because I, I won't say who it was. It was back that it was sick, but I felt bad that I was pumping my fist that somebody else was sick. But he kept my name out of that last slot. <laughs> There's all kind of funny stories like that, you know. I'm looking at the old clock on the wall. Wall, we got about two minutes left. Uh, how about one more short one? You got a quick one for us, Pards? Well, let me see. Um, you know, we talked about before we started. We talked about. Dave DeAntremont, who I traveled with, and, and Dave definitely liked to eat. There was no doubt about that. And uh, we would be driving down the road, and he knew he loved Asian buffets and things like that. He had no problem with getting off the road and driving four or five miles out of our way 
just to have dinner so that we would come back. And we were in Chicago one time, and he ate at the same restaurant for seven nights. And I finally said, Dave, I need a steak. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a big guy. He threw a powerful ball. And, uh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Phantom, he threw the most unbelievable ball that, you know, uh, I know uh, another name that you and I both know, and I know, I know we're limited on time, but Randy Hart used to be the foul line guy years ago and he, when he worked with you out on the tour. And um, he said that when he, when Jantremont and Mark Roth let go of the ball, it sounded different when it hit yeah. the lane. Exactly right. Uh, I, it had quick, so much power. The quick one I was going to tell, he was a big guy. He threw a big ball back back in the day. Uh, just Barry Asher and Jim Godman threw the kind of ball he did covering boards with the power, but he was always on a diet, Dave. Every time I'd talk to him, he's on a diet, and I'd say, how much did you lose last week? I gained five pounds, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was yeah, that, well, that was Dave. That was. <laughs> oh, man, well, I miss the camaraderie, and I'm sure you do too, my friend. Uh, very much so. That's the one thing about bowling, and I, I'm not out there as much as I, I was, I, I miss my friends. And, and a lot of those aren't bowling anymore um, for whatever reason. But I still get phone calls, and I still make phone calls to guys that I met, and they'll be my friends forever because of bowling. For sure. Hey, Parts, give us that website one more time so our, our listeners can go there and order a couple books, all right? Uh, yeah, they need to because, like Dave, I like to eat. So, um, And, and our, our books on, online are uh, the prices when they click on the book our prices include shipping, so it's, it's a one-all-package deal. Uh, to find us, it's ZManAlmostFamous.com. ZManAlmostFamous.com. All right, Barnes. Well, you know me. I'm going to stay in touch with you every couple of months, and we'll have you on, and we'll find out how many more you've written, and you keep up the good work. And Phantom fans, that's going to wrap up another show for this week, and hope that you all enjoyed it. You enjoyed hearing from Gary, the Z-Man, Zwazinski. And we look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have yet another interesting guest to talk to. And please don't forget to tell all your friends about the show. We sincerely want to thank our sponsors, EliteBowling.com, Storm Bowling Products, and Brad Edelman from High Roller Fame for all that they do to keep us coming back to you each and every week. And also a shout-out to our latest sponsor, Dave Kowalski for his continued help. So for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some loving care and nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me